This is Austin Real Estate Investing. Austin Real Estate Investing. We'll be discussing real estate investing in Austin, Texas, and bringing you experts from all different sectors of the real estate game. Your host, Jordan Moorhead, is a real estate agent and investor in Austin and is here to help you get started or to build your portfolio and explore new strategies. Hi, this is Jordan Moorhead, and this is the Austin Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, we have Drew McCluskey on and Donato Callahan, and they're going to tell us about their software, Bright Investor. It's a data service that gives real estate investors all sorts of data that helps them grow their portfolio as profitably as possible. Hey, guys, how you doing? Doing awesome. Uh, Great. How are yeah, you? Happy to be here. Yeah, glad to have you on. So real quick, let's let's have both of you just introduce yourselves, how you're involved with real estate investing, your personal real estate portfolios, and then what the software does. Drew, we'll start with you. Yeah. Uh, so I started out in real estate uh, about, uh, about a year ago, I bought my first property, um, but I kind of first got into real estate working with Brandon Turner uh, with Open Door Capital. So I did an internship out there on uh, Hawaii with him, which is a lot of fun. And then moved into uh, helping Brittany Arneson with IGB Capital start up her syndication uh, with the systems. But uh, at this point now, I've done five deals uh, within the last year and uh, have three properties currently. Awesome. Donato? Yeah, so I got started in real estate in COVID uh, 2020. And with the time on my hand, I ended up saying I had to do something. So I started a wholesaling company, which resulted in my first real estate deal, which was a remote wholesale in the city of St. Louis. Uh, after graduating college, I decided to get into commercial multifamily syndication. And in the last year and a half, we have gotten 172 units under management with another 120 on the way for a total of 31 million under uh, asset management by the end of the year when we close, hopefully. And then I've also purchased a house hack on my 22nd birthday, which is where I currently live and operate in St. Louis. So four real estate deals from remote wholesaling to massive complexes in about two and a half years. Yeah, that's amazing. And for our listeners, not trying to embarrass you, but can you guys tell us how old you are? I think it's good. everybody's going to find it amazing. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm 24 currently. Just turned it last week, and I am 23. Awesome. So Drew is 24. Donato is 23, and they're already rolling real well in real estate. Um, so you know, I know we we started off the episode talking a little bit about Bright Investor, which is the software that both of you are working on developing right now. So for our listeners, could you tell them what Bright Investor is and then why they might find it useful useful for themselves? Of course. Bright Investor answers the golden question of real estate, and that is location, location, location. Because where you buy can make your net worth high. And where you buy affects the sanctity of your mindset when it comes to managing your rentals. It affects your cash flow. It affects whether your property is going to have higher maintenance or lower maintenance. It Overall, it affects your experience in real estate. Where you buy matters so much. And right now, the current process for learning about the market you're investing in or any market in the U.S. involves hours of research, having to compile different reports, a lot of reading, and the answers can be things you can't necessarily take action on, which leads to a lot of people getting stuck in analysis paralysis. So what we did is we talked to investors and took our own experiences and said, what are the data types? What are the features that people need to have access to to take action on their path to financial freedom? 
So we're talking crime rates, rent rates, appreciation over time, job growth and population growth, taking all those types of data from verified reputable sources, putting it in one spot that you can see on a map. So you're not spending hours reading. You're taking 30 seconds to five minutes, seeing a map and going out and taking action, closing more deals with deals that make more money, are in better places to invest and meet your financing and investment goals. That's awesome. So it's as simple as it's just a software that basically gives you all the information that you need when you're looking at an investment in that area. Yeah, so exactly. it's primarily what what it does is it uh, a lot of people they'll they'll find a property you know one will come across their plate someone refers mm -hmm. it to them um, and they typically they'll run through the numbers they look at the square feet bed bath count everything like that um, but it's rare that they actually look at okay what is this street operating as you know is yeah. there higher crime just happening to be on this street what about the appreciation in the past ten years and um, there's so many different pieces that happen in the different micro markets the neighborhoods mm -hmm. um, that this allows you to quickly run you know, a new property or a new area that you're looking at investing in, uh, you can quickly look at it visually through here for each deal that comes across your plate. Um, rather than it just being for like a one time, check out a market, see what you like. Uh, th this makes it a lot simpler. Oh yeah. So we, we work with a lot of people who are either new to Austin or hmm. they're not even in Austin at all. And one of the biggest yep. questions they ask is, Hey, what is this area like? Or what about this area? What's the rental the perspectives of rental in this area and it's like hey you know this this and that because we know but <laughs> for somebody that doesn't have that data i think this would be super powerful exactly and as an investor friendly agent you know that of course with fha there are certain things that you just can't answer mm -hmm. to make sure that people understand that hey i have to give you all the information i have to make sure that i'm providing you all the details and Ideally, you, the customer, you need to go do your own research. I can only give you mm -hmm. so much because my criteria might be different than your criteria. Oh, so yeah. whenever someone asks you, where, what should I do? Where should I buy? What areas are best for my investing needs? A resource like this that you can point them towards will answer every question that they have. And we'll be able to do that and understand that information visually. You're not sending them 15 different links saying, okay, go look at this website for this thing, this website for this thing. And then you can go ahead and register here for a free account for five tries to understand this piece of information. There's no more yeah. of that. Yeah. It's all right here. One place, one map, taking action. So then you as an agent or the person bringing them the resource that answers their questions. So you look fantastic because you're the one providing answers and they get the answers that they can take action with, get to financial freedom. Yeah, and what Donato is referring to is as realtors, you know, we have to abide by some fair housing regulation. So people say, hey, you know, is this a nice neighborhood or is this dangerous or is this where I would want to raise kids? And it's really hard to answer those questions fairly and objectively because you need the data to answer that. And it's easiest just to say, hey, go check this crime maps website. Or, you know, if you're an investor, go to Rentometer you know, things like that. So I do think that that's really helpful that it's all in one place. So with, with this software, is it limited geographically to any certain areas? Or is it all over the United States? Or how's that look? So this software is nationwide. When we launch, we're going to be able to show you zip codes, neighborhoods, cities, anywhere in the US because we're really focused on opening up the world of real estate investing to not just everyone, everybody's backyard. You have access to every market. 
And so now you know you're no longer stuck investing in the places that you know about. You have those key boots on the ground insights anywhere that you want to go. Mm-hmm. So we may not have every single street or every single zip code or every single place everywhere in the US. We're going to have an overwhelming amount of data for places everywhere in the US. So we're going to be able to show you, hey, based off the trends over time, how it's reporting now, you have a true behind the scenes look on how markets across the nation are performing. That's awesome. Um, so could you guys tell me a little bit more about you know what got you attracted what attracted both you to real estate investing? So I know, you know, Drew, you you interned Brandon Turner and you kind of started on bigger mm-hmm. pockets and maybe that's how you found him, but I don't know that for sure. And Donato, mm-hmm. I know you you just got really interested in in real estate and started wholesaling, but then you went right to multifamily. So could you guys kind of tell your stories here real quick? Because that's a there's a lot of vagaries to that. You know, it looks like, hey, you guys are crushing it, but how'd you get started and what made you interested <laughs> in this? Yeah. So for me, kind of quick backstory is I come from a family. Uh, I have six siblings and we we all talked about entrepreneurialism, grew up, you know, age 12. Our dad was giving us rich dad, poor dad to read. So very much a, okay, we're going to do this. And we were homeschooled and every lunch we would sit around for an hour and watch what was going on in the stock market is very entrepreneurial family. Um, but we didn't really do anything with, uh, investments like, you know, real estate, anything with that. Um, so when I got around, I think I was 20 when I was in college and I took a real estate law class just to fill up a credit. Um, and that actually, that pretty much just caught the bug for me and through research during that class found bigger pockets and, um, just kind of became addicted to the idea of renovating properties. I'd always grown up doing basic house renovations, um, building sets for musicals, whatnot. Uh, so it kind of was a natural fit when I heard about, okay, I could just go in there, start flipping houses, whatnot. Uh, that excited me a lot more than a traditional job or anything like that. Um, but so I, I got my first property, um, kind of combined with my dad, he was wanting to buy a parking lot that happened to have a completely trashed quadplex on it. And mm-hmm. so, uh, I kind of got my automatic key in there. So we, we bought it for $11,000 because the bank had gotten scammed by the person who originally owned it. He, he foreclosed on, I think it was like 32 different properties. Um, just cause yeah, he, he stopped paying, did a bunch of string, uh, strung along all the tenants for about six months to tell them to keep giving him rent, even though the properties had already been foreclosed. It was a whole legal mess. Um, so we were able to come in and get that property super cheap. Um, so yeah, pretty much, I think three months after, uh, figuring out what bigger pockets was, um, I jumped in and started gutting that project took about six months and, uh, found out it was a total loss. There was no way I could make it turn around and, uh, there's way too much structural damage everywhere. Really? Um, but that was, that was my first property. So it jumped me in. And then, uh, during that met Brandon Turner at one of the conferences, um, we talked a bunch and he offered me an internship to come out and start learning a bit more about real estate. So it, it all kind of progressed from there. Um, but that was the original start was just jumping in and <laughs> breaking my back for six months. Yeah. So what were you doing for the, the, you know, you said you got into bigger pockets and started about three months later. What were you doing during this or before this? Were you working a job somewhere? I was, I would do, uh, I grew up doing graphic design and some website design. So I had a background in computer programming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so I was doing that while I was uh, getting my business degree uh, online. Oh, that's perfect. So you said this fourplex (laughs) wasn't savable. What? Do you still have it or did they have to tear it down or what went on with that? We still have it. It's just completely gutted. And if I, it could be one of those ones where maybe 
long-term wise, I might be able to get some money to throw into it, but it's the, the entire thing has multiple layers that have shifted. It was kind of one of those Frankenstein houses that just kept getting added on. And the whole soils just, you know, all, all of the trusses, everything is just rotted out completely and sinking. Oh. So it's, it would be quite a big undertaking. I haven't done a big flip yet. Um, mm-hmm. And this would be a very large one. So where is the property? Uh, it's in Rolla, Missouri. So that's where I I grew up uh, about 30 minutes outside of Rolla, Missouri. It's uh hour and a half West of St. Louis. Okay. Um, yep. Cool. Uh, yeah. That sounds like a really interesting one. Bummer that you didn't get mm-hmm. to cash flow that thing, but <laughs> cool that you got into it so quickly and were able to see something that nasty starting out. Donato, mm-hmm. what what about you? What how'd you get started being interested in wholesaling? And, and you know what what got you into that? And how'd you get fast tracked into multifamily syndications there too? Yeah. So when I was in college, I'd been saving money my first two years of school and speaking to my parents, my family, uh, they weren't necessarily pushing the most entrepreneurial uh paths possible. It was very much so not, get not grades, like go to good school. Family. Where you're watching <laughs> no, no, not, not at all. Over lunch. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, not not at all. We were talking about getting good school, good grades, good job, and they had always been investing in the stock market. You know, four hundred one ks, IRAs. You work your 30, 40 years, and then you retire. And so, after I'd saved some money my first two years of college, they suggested you should invest it, and I did. So I put it in the stock market, had a broker, and I made a pick. I'll. I'll say this, I, I picked NVIDIA stock when it was still like 50 bucks a share and at their post split and it went to 344 and higher. So wow. I'm pretty proud of that one. Yeah. But anyways, saw some short term success in stock market. And then February, March 2020, all comes crashing down. And I watched my portfolio drop by half. And I asked the questions that every entrepreneur does. There has to be a better way. And that's what turned me on to real estate investing. And I thought, what ways can I earn money that I'm in control of and I'm the person that puts in the work and I get the value back? And I found wholesaling. And I found a group called uh, Create Cashflow or CCF with Ryan Dossey. And I paid for coaching and masterminding to join that group. And over the course of my senior year of college, launched a wholesaling company, had a couple deals, getting a contract, ended up squandering most of them because I just didn't know what I was doing and realized that wholesaling maybe not for me, uh, not quite what I want to be doing. I wanted something that provided more long-term cash flow, tax benefits over time, um, and building wealth that way. Mm-hmm. And while I was in that group, I got connected to an individual who was interested in apartment syndication. So I ended up meeting an individual, finding a property in St. Louis, Missouri. So pretty close to where Drew's at right now. And I found a 96 unit, uh, put an offer in on it, got it accepted, hired contractors, set a uh, walkthrough. So I graduated college, road tripped across the country for two days, got home at 10 o'clock at night. And at 5 a.m. the next morning, I was driving to St. Louis to do my walkthrough on this 96 unit building I was wow. supposed to buy. Um, that deal ended up falling apart towards the finish line due to some financials. Uh, and it was shortly after that that I had closed on my house hack because I realized I was moving to a new city. And first thing that that, uh, a lot of people in real estate investors that I talked to say, oh man, I wish I'd started when I was your age and I wish I'd started with the house hack. And I said, great, I'll do that first. (laughs) And so I spent, while I'm running the wholesaling company, I'd spent about a year um, analyzing about 60 to 65 properties, finding the perfect house hack in St. Louis. And the one I have now is on track to cash flow about 2,600 bucks a month um, by the end of this year. 
So I bought that the morning of my 22nd birthday, which is great. Happy birthday to me, right? And around that time, someone reached out to me saying, hey, I know you tried to do that 96 unit in St. Louis. I'm, I'm creating a multifamily syndication company. Do you want to join it with me? And I said, sure. And that was August 2021. And since then, we've closed the 172 unit in Waco, Texas for about 16 million. And now we just got our offer accepted another one for a little over 15 that we're hoping to close in a couple months from now. That's awesome, man. So you you basically just said, hey, you know, this wholesaling thing sounds like a hamster wheel. Um, I'm always having to work to find deals. I'm I'm not eating unless I'm hunting. And I want to find something like multifamily syndication. How did you land on? So there, there's a big jump there. Obviously, you met the guy in the wholesaling mastermind that was interested in multifamily syndication. But what gave you the confidence to make that big of a leap? Because you you know what I'm saying? Like if you're in wholesaling, the logical next step would be like single family houses or duplexes or maybe a fourplex, um, an eightplex mm-hmm. if you're feeling really brave. Like where did that come from? Where it's like, hey, I'm just gonna go big. You know? Um, I would say I didn't have I didn't have enough experience or losses to have the fear yet. Uh, I, nothing so no one is telling me i couldn't so mm-hmm. why not do it yeah. um and that's kind of where it came from um and specifically i like to listen to a lot of people around me especially people who've come before and like you just said there's always this track people start with wholesaling or bird dogging get to flipping maybe some long-term rentals mm-hmm. then maybe they do some small multifamily, then they go to big multifamily, maybe self-storage and airbnbs things like that and i kept seeing this pattern where people kept going bigger and bigger with bigger teams and bigger properties over time. And so if that's where everyone's going, if that's where the large investments, large wealth is made, why not ask as many people as possible what they wish they did and then go do that first without having to spend 10 or 15 years doing the meeting and stuff. So if mm-hmm. I find the right people to do it with me, there's nothing stopping me from progressing even more quickly. So I decided to go for it. And I like what you said there when you find the right people, like it, you guys know it's all about people. Obviously, you partnered up to work on this mm-hmm. software. It's it's so much who not not how are we going to do this, but who who knows how to do this better than I do? Like I'm I'm really bad at the details of things, and I know that. And having a business partner helps me move way quicker, and having a good team around me in my real estate business helps us to move way quicker. And just get a lot more done than we would that I would have ever done on my own. So mm-hmm. it's so much about partners and people. And I don't know. So let's talk yeah, about that see, for a second. Oh. Hey guys, this is Jordan Moorhead here. And I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me. If you could go leave a review for this podcast wherever you're listening to it, that would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing. And I'd be able to help more people. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no, that's 100% the whole who, not how uh, yep. strategy has been <laughs> massive in my life. I I grew up kind of being a jack of all trades, like I said, with mm-hmm. the graphic design website, and then I wanted to be the entrepreneur as well. So I was, uh, you know, I was doing each part of the business as much as I could and um, really started realizing, you know, there's better website designers out there than than me. <laughs> and beyond that, uh, I just don't have that much time. And I, I would work you know, like 12 hours plus every day. It's like, well, that's not what I want long term. So, I, you know, I, especially with starting this business, that was a giant thing was I said, okay, if we're going to build this, we're going to build it the right way. You know, we're going to build it with the end in mind. We're not building it 
you and me staying up coding this thing and you know doing every single part. Um, so we really looked kind of you know, with the software and then also with anything I'm wanting to do with real estate. It's kind of okay, what what should this look like? So I'm still getting the type of rentals I want or getting the software that I want. Um, but getting it in the fashion that I want as well, where I'm not having to pull some crazy late nights and stuff like that. Like what, what do I need to make sure to set in place ahead of time? Um, so, you know, that comes first of all through systems, if you can get anything automated, um, especially for free. Um, but after that, then it's okay. What can you hire out to VAs or just to other people, you know, who are already proficient in the industry? Um, yeah, I think that's a way better use of time and it's a better use of our intellect as well. Like if we, if we can collaborate there, you get so much more done. Oh yeah. How did you become comfortable have partnering up with other people? So I know that for so many people, myself included, that's the biggest question. I'm like, how do I find the right partner? How do I trust the right partner? My business partner uh, on our real estate business, I've known him since the fourth grade. So I, I kind of trust him. I've known him a long time and he's mm -hmm. never steered me wrong, but for somebody, where did you guys meet? So how did you meet and figure out that, hey, we're going to be good business partners on this thing? It was actually one Facebook comment. Oh, really? Drew had just finished up one, one comment, one post. Drew had just, I love this story. Drew had just finished up his internship in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. He's finished up. He's got some great pictures of himself on the beach <laughs> saying, hey, I was Brandon Turner's intern. Love to connect with any young professionals looking to network. Mm -hmm. And I was scrolling on Facebook and he had dozens of people in the comments, just, Hey, we'd love to get in contact with you. Let's talk. And I just happened to throw my hat in the ring. Like, Hey, let's love to connect. Let's touch base. A couple of days later, Drew reaches out on Facebook messenger. And at that point we, we were still talking about apartment syndication. And we spent about six weeks having weekly zoom calls where we would talk about apartment syndication. I'd let him know what my team was doing. I'd ask him about his time with Brandon Turner and what he'd been learning in real estate. And at about the six-week mark, we said, all right, this guy's pretty cool. We're pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to show him something. And I had shared my Zoom screen, and I showed him some of the early beta uh, prototypes that I've been working on for what became Bright Investor. And Drew saw it, and he went, wait a second. I'm working on the exact same thing. Really? He shared his screen and he was doing the same thing at a nationwide scale or I was doing it at a citywide scale. Mm -hmm. And we both just had this light bulb moment of we have to do something with this. We have to. Yeah. Within three months, we had raised our first seed capital, hired a development team, had branding, and we were off to the races to start developing this project. And it all came from one comment on one post in the middle of the night, randomly two ships passing in the sea. That's where we started. That's awesome. I think it's it's so cool <laughs> how much networking can happen on social media. So like on you know Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, bigger pockets, all consistently say, hey, so and so, let's go out and grab a coffee, or hey, let's go out and grab mm -hmm. lunch. Um, it's so easy to meet so many people that way. And all you got to do is reach out and try. You know, you might not ever hear back yeah. from them. And what if you don't? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, no, that's been for me one of the biggest things in this industry is uh like books like Never Eat Alone or The Go Giver mm -hmm. that just talk about the importance of you know, build that community, start uh, not, you know, don't think of it as planting seats, think of it as just being valuable to others, adding value. Yeah. Um, and that starts coming back, you know, anytime that you need a referral or a hey, I know you're doing this really well. 
you know, what, what did you do that made this work? Um, and that's, that's massively served me well with, uh, I, I try to really stay active in all the forums, Facebook pages, uh, mm-hmm. go to meetups, go to every conference I can, like, just cause every single time that I meet someone and start providing value to them, it always kicks back that, you know, some awesome opportunity comes across my plate. Um, you know, working with Brandon, that initial one, that was a big, I just continually kept adding value as much as I could to anyone in his team. And eventually he was like, Hey, you know, you want this internship, Let, let's do something together. Um, you know, same with Brit, same with, uh, like a Devatha, uh, um, it is just, yeah, it, it consistently adding value in this space, especially because everyone for the most part, uh, who is, you know, in, in this style of investing tends to be very collaborative and willing to kick back value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's so important. You always hear people talk about, Hey, I really want a mentor. or I need a mentor or I want this mm-hmm. internship. And they just mm-hmm. reach out and say, Hey, how can I help? Or how can I help you? Or could I have an internship? Could I come shadow you? And yeah. for those people who are saying, it's so much work for me to even figure out what you to do, what you need to do or what I could use help mm-hmm. with. Like, it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but it sounds like you said, Hey, I see where I can help and I'm going to help in those areas. So adding value is so mm-hmm. important. But in my opinion, if you can see how you can help people and propose that, like if somebody showed up and said, Hey, Jordan, I see you're struggling with X, Y, Z, or, or I do this thing and I can make this so much better. <laughs> That would be so yep. important to me where they, if somebody shows up and that happens all the time and then in one message or something to me and says, Hey, you know, I'd love to learn. I would love to shadow you or I would love mm-hmm. to intern. I don't have any idea how to handle that. You know? Yeah. Have you wanted to be part of GoBundance, the tribe of millionaires, but just haven't hit that millionaire status yet? Well, now you can, not even being a millionaire, by joining our new program, GoBundance Emerge. My name's Jamie Gruber, creator of GoBundance Emerge and member of the GoBundance community. And now you can join. GoBundance.com slash emerge. GoBundance.com slash emerge. Use code Jordan for $100 off this 12-week goal-setting program and mastermind that'll propel you to being a whole-life millionaire. No, for sure. That's, uh, I've always thought about and never eat alone talks about that a bit. Um, but, but it's that whole idea of, you know, don't, don't just ask, Hey, can I mentor you? Or, hey, what are you doing? Can you help me out? It's instead, okay. If you know that this person's looking for these type of deals, find one that, you know, meets this criteria and send it to him and then yeah. send another and then send another. And just anytime, cause you're looking through, you know, deals every day that don't fit your criteria, but may fit someone else's. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that helps like crazy. And that's a really easy one. Um, but even like I, I would just create simple spreadsheets or anything like that. That would be useful data. Like I created one that was a Google doc about six pages long of just a bunch of useful real estate websites for people who are looking to create systems. And I would just be like, Hey, just figured you might like this or, you know, Hey, here's a list of off market properties that just got on the market or or not on the market, but just came up uh, in my searches. I'm not doing anything with them. Maybe you can find some value. Just creating a lot of those little value adds. It doesn't take very much. But then any time that I'm like, hey, do you want to go get coffee or, you know, I've got mm-hmm. a problem. Can you can you help out? I've already planted so many different pieces of value in their life that they're generally, you know, almost ecstatic to to get to meet and hang out. Yeah. And, and it's really important there what you said, too, like you're just always trying to help people. And I think it's mm-hmm. so easy to think, hey, if I pass this opportunity to somebody else, I need to get something in return right away. Or if I pass this on to somebody else. I'm going to miss out on opportunity, but like, like you're saying, Drew, the more you give, the more 
it's going to be easy to reach out and get something when you need it, you know? So if you give, mm-hmm. give, 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 and you say, Hey, I've got this massive problem. And I see that the Drew can solve it. I can reach out and you'll say, Hey, no problem. Here's the answer. Because mm-hmm. I've been giving to you for the last six months, a year or something like that. So it's just so yeah. important to add value and always come from a, a supportive mindset with other people and not, not always be looking for something. It's yeah, not it's way more fun too. Yeah, it's boring to try to just yeah. do it all the time. Yeah, collaboration definitely is key and just makes the whole ride more more creative and and fun. Yeah. So moving on here, um, I like to ask about errors or mistakes of my guests too, so people can learn from it. Could you each go over the biggest mistake you've made in real estate investing? So Drew, we'll start with you. What's the biggest mistake that you've made? In real estate investing. Yeah. Uh, I would say probably my first deal was uh, the most blatant mistake that I made. Um, and that one was, I've never been someone who gets stopped by analysis paralysis, mm-hmm. but it really would have helped me out to have taken a bit more time to <laughs> analyze the situation. Um, you know, getting into it, I felt like I knew a lot because I was reading like crazy. I was listening to podcasts, but it's still only been three months of really, you know, learning about the industry. Um, so I'd say with that, actually, making sure you're doing your research, talking to realtors, finding your comps, talking to builders, getting estimates, not just doing your own numbers. Um, with that one, we even, I think we for, forwent the uh, oh inspection because again, my dad was just buying it for the lot. He didn't care about the property. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of unknowns and uh, taking too much of that into my own reins was definitely not wise. And I know that, that sounds like a, you know, a simple mistake for people to to avoid, but it I think for a lot of people who are big go-getters and don't get stopped by that, it's important to remember. Um, and then even with that, I didn't collaborate at all. Like I wasn't bringing anyone in to get their opinions. I did all of the, or almost all of the labor myself. So it was just gutting, you know, four units. It was like three, three walls thick of drywall. Um, and so my back was killing by the end of the six months. And I had to start going to chiropractors and stuff. So it was, there was a lot of things I should have looked to collaborate and leverage other people's mm-hmm value um rather than just trying to you know i guess like stiff arm it yeah just figure it all out on your own what about mm-hmm. you Gennaro? the biggest mistake i would say my biggest mistake yeah um i would say my biggest mistake would be placing my internal timeline on an external project um so just because for example like a syndication deal uh we think we're going to close this month okay, well, we're going to close this month and we're going to do these things and we're going to lead up to it. And I'm going to be able to do this afterwards for the next deal. But things happen. You find issues with the property. You need to uh, leverage one of your extensions. And like, okay, closing gets kicked out a little bit. Okay, that affects these next things, like the next deal and all these things. Or on my house hack, or I think I'm going to be able to flip this unit at this time and this unit at this time. Like, okay, well, my cash is a little low right now. So I need to extend their lease by a couple months, a month to month lease so I can do this project. And overall, understanding that the projects that we're working on are going to take the time they're going to take, as long as you consistently take action and are consistently moving the needle on them. And getting your hopes up or assigning this internal timeline of this thing's going to, everything's going to go perfectly on A, B, C, D on these dates, nothing's going to have any issues. And then seeing the real world come about where there are problems, issues arise. <laughs> um, that can sometimes be a morale killer. And so I found uh, early on, I was setting all these timelines, like, well, why aren't these things going in the way that I planned them in my head two years ago? Mm-hmm. And that's because life happens. 
And I would say the biggest mistake is just expecting everything to go according to plan when you want it to go to plan each day consistently, because that just doesn't happen. So to remedy that, we have to be, learn to be adaptable and understand that when things come down the pipeline that we weren't anticipating, that is just another opportunity to learn or collaborate and extend to grow your network and grow your experiences and your toolbox for future problems. Yeah, no, that's really important. You can't control the outcome. All you can control is how you handle it and the work you do leading into it. So really cool. Um, so uh, this this is going to be a funny question for you guys because you, you're not that old yet. But if you had to start over today, is there anything you'd do differently, Drew? Um, if I had to start over, I'm honest, I don't think so probably. I've, I've been granted kind of some extraordinary opportunities like working with Brandon and Britt. So I, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any way I would change that out ever. But um, I think for that first deal, the biggest thing is knowing just your bodily limits. Like I, I was not someone who was working out in the gym every day. So doing that much work, you know, for six to eight hours every single day uh, was in no way a wise decision long-term because it, you know, it really has continually made it hard to do every other deal because if I'm up late working, my back is killing me. And um, so I I think that whole piece of just like, I should have taken it a whole lot slower on the body piece. Cause if I, if I was still flipping right now and doing all the work myself, um, you know, it'd be a whole lot worse because I just, I wasn't listening to where my body was in it. So I really wish I would have just leveraged people who were already fit in the industry, who already had the correct tools to more easily demolish. And um, yeah, I think that would be one of the biggest things I would change just because then everything else I would do would have less stress around it because I wouldn't be in pain as much. Yeah. Yeah. That's really important. You you don't get a second mm-hmm. body. You just get one. Yeah. Yep. What about you, Donato? Um, I don't think I would change anything about what I've done uh, so far. And you know, besides going back to when I was 10 years old and starting a real estate in fifth grade. <laughs> yeah. And- yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you guys, I mean, you're both so young right now and you've both gotten started so quickly and taking massive action really quickly too so i don't i don't see where you could do anything different that would turn out better from my perspective so really cool um okay so moving on not starting over but what's next for you so drew what's next for you what are your long-term goals and what's your vision for real estate for yourself yeah so long-term goals um I'm definitely, I'm looking to kind of keep my portfolio more, I guess, manageable just from myself. I'm trying to keep, um, yeah, I'm trying to, in general, keep my portfolio smaller and more manageable where I'm not having equity shares with other partners. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, I'm wanting to get property managers here soon to where I'm not doing the self-management, um, looking to do maybe around three or four properties per year, um, with that, the reason why I'm kind of keeping it slow on that is I really want to focus on Bright Investor. Um, I think this project has a ton of value to add for for people. Like I know it's something that I wish I would have had because then I wouldn't have probably started out investing in uh, Rolla, Missouri if I had actually done research on what markets would perform better. So uh, looking to probably move into my investing into Chattanooga or you know Austin or Seattle, one of those different ones that are kind of doing a lot better right now, I'd say, than, uh, than my market. Um, but yeah, mainly looking to focus on on pouring myself into Bright Investor and you know creating that whole community. Absolutely. <laughs> Donato, long-term goals and real estate portfolio vision. Long-term goals for me, uh, send Bright Investor to the moon. 
this is something that Drew and I are so passionate about. Uh, we talk about it daily. Uh, we are constantly talking about the people in our network and learning about the platform and, and you know, tinkering with ways we can make it more valuable. So this is something that really puts a smile on my face, mm-hmm. getting to wake up and work on this with Drew and our entire team. So that's really foremost my biggest goal for the coming years is growing this to what it can be. Uh, personally, though, this year, I'd love to finish up my house hack, finish flipping all the units and eventually move out of that and maybe pick up another small multifamily for me to do that again with. Um, additionally, help out some close friends and family by their first properties uh, since short, uh, starting my real estate journey. My parents have purchased a rental property. So oh, helping cool. people around me the same way that Drew does. Uh, <laughs> Drew helps everyone in his clan mm-hmm. get into real estate. And so I've learned from him on how to help people around me uh, buy the real estate. So love to get finish up my house uh, hack, get some people around me into real estate, and then maybe do a couple more syndication deals over the coming year or two with all of that funneling into Bright Investor as we continue to get feedback and build it up to what we know it can be. Awesome. Do you guys have a favorite business or mindset book that you like to recommend to other people? Jordan Moorhead here. Really quick, I wanted to tell you a couple other ways you can keep track of us. If you want to listen to all these podcasts and ask questions, the Moorhead team on YouTube is the best place to be. And then Austin Real Estate Investors on Meetup is a great place to keep track of all of our meetups we have going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mentioned a couple of them throughout the, the podcast, but I'd say The Go-Giver. Um, and that's by Bob Berg and John David Mann. Um, really influential book. I've kind of seen it with uh, any of the people I've met who are part of GoBundance, um, like Brandon, a lot of his people who hang around with him. Uh, it's, you know, it's that piece I was talking about earlier. It's constantly giving and giving and giving, connecting, uh, providing opportunities for people. And it it makes everything so much more fun. I enjoy it way more. It's not cutthroat. It's all about collaboration. And it hits my spirit a lot more, which is just, I want to be having fun in this. If I'm not having fun, I'd rather go, you know, do something else, uh, camp in the woods or something. But yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I love the spirit of the go-giver. I think everyone who's looking to go big should read that for sure. Oh, especially, you know, if you're getting into real estate deals where you're, you're trying to get money from other people, you're raising money or mm-hmm. you're, you're borrowing private money. You, there has to be a win-win for everybody. Like everybody can win. And that's so important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like how you talked about, you know, adding value to other people, just being there, having a good time with it, taking everybody along with you for the ride. And it seems like you're doing that, getting your family into real estate investing. It can just really be a situation where everybody has a good view of you because you're helping everybody. And it makes Mm -hmm. life a lot easier when you're, you're doing everything you can to help everybody else. And then you're also doing a little bit for yourself, too. Yeah, for sure. No, it definitely comes back, I'd say, almost tenfold. Uh, yeah. Really feeling blessed from everything I've poured out to others and what it's given back. That's awesome. What about you, Donato? Favorite business or mindset book that you like to recommend? So first and foremost, Traction by Gina Wickman. Yeah. Uh, he puts forward the, I'm sure you read it, uh, he puts forward the EOS model, which is how Drew and I run Bright Investor using the visionary integrator roles, how we structure the interior of the company and how we assign our responsibilities throughout uh, each other and throughout all of our management structure. That book was phenomenal in getting us organized and understanding where our efforts best spent. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other book, and you actually, I smiled a little bit earlier in the podcast, you mentioned the title of the book without saying it, but Who Not How by Dan Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Like that's a great book, and I love that book. I drew uh, actually recommended it to me, and it's all about 
finding your who, being who's to other people, i.e. providing value to them and having your own who's who provide value to you and consistently creating that circle of reciprocity and finding the best people for the best jobs consistently. It uh, definitely has already impacted my day-to-day actions when it comes to, I could do task A, but that's going to spend X X many hours, X much effort, uh, X much mental exertion when I could be doing it on this activity, which is a higher ROI for me. And this person likes doing this task, whereas I don't. So why don't I just have someone else do that task and everyone wins? It seems yeah. simple. And when you put it into action, it's so much more powerful. That's so important. You mentioned there, somebody likes doing something. like, And you hear this mentioned from time to time that somebody may be very good at something. Like I, growing up, I was very good with computers. I don't do anything related to computer programming anything to do with computers on a day-to-day basis obviously we're using a computer here but like what Mm -hmm. i'm what i was naturally good at and drawn to has nothing to do with what i like to do today or how i spend my time Mm -hmm. and enjoying what you do or being drawn to it makes that whole thing a lot easier so you know i might be the best ever person to build your your stereo system I might absolutely hate that also. So it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't warrant my time. And I'm yeah. gonna be terrible doing it for you because I really don't enjoy doing it. So really mm-hmm. cool perspective there too. Um, all right, guys. What's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Obviously, Bright Investor is gonna have a website here soon and we'll talk about that. But mm-hmm. what's the best way for people to follow each one of you? Yeah. Uh you can find me. My main area is Instagram. So that's just Drew underscore McCluskey. And McCluskey is spelled M-C-C-L-U-S-K-E-Y. So yeah, Drew underscore McCluskey on Instagram. And then Twitter is Drew McCluskey R-E. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. What about you, Donato? And I'm on Instagram as well at Donato underscore Callahan. Uh, Donato is D-O-N-A-T-O. Mm-hmm. And on Twitter, I am Don Callahan RE. You can also find me on Facebook at the same uh, Donato Callahan. Cool. Awesome, guys. And for the website for Bright Investor, what's the name of that going to be? Is it just Bright Investor? Yeah, it's brightinvestor.com. Uh, if oh. you go there, it's uh, not open yet. We're launching in March. But uh, yeah, you can get on there. You can get on a waiting list. And we have uh, some free downloads on there as well. All right. Awesome. And we'll have everybody's Instagram handles, social media handles, and of course, brightinvestor.com in the show notes here. Again, guys, I'm at Jordan underscore Moorhead on Instagram. You can always follow me there. And for Drew at Drew underscore McCluskey and Donato at, is it at Donato or at Don? Uh, For Twitter, it's at Don Callahan RE. On Instagram, it's at Donato underscore Callahan. All right. Sounds good. Yep. Twitter's making a comeback. So make sure to follow them both on Twitter and uh, follow me too on, on any social media platform at Jordan underscore Moorhead. All right. All right. Thank you so much, Perfect. guys. I'm looking forward to seeing Bright Investor when it comes out in March. And we'll talk again here soon. Thank you so much. That's great. Thank you. Thank you.